Welcome back to another episode of Nate's Night at the Movie podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of talking about him and his career a little bit right now after Knock at the Cabin came out. And I figured I would jump in because, you know, after seeing Knock at the Cabin and talking to some friends who have also seen it, um, there will be some spoilers about Knock at the Cabin and probably some of his other films, too, that I've seen, just because I really want to discuss his effectiveness as a director. Um, I will start off by saying that he's kind of my homeboy a little bit. Um, he's from Pen He grew up in Pennsylvania like I did even though he was born in India initially. Um, he's known for supernatural kind of sci-fi thriller horror films. Now, granted, I haven't seen a lot of his works. I mean, he hasn't released too many because he's kind of still young and has a lot more that he has to work on. Um, I haven't seen The Sixth Sense, which is one of his biggest films and kind of gave him the kind of reputation that he has today. A lot of it stems from way back when he did that film. Because back then, spoiler alert for The Sixth Sense, I haven't seen it, but I know the big twist at the end is the fact that the main character has been dead the whole time. And just comparing that kind of a twist to the twists he puts at the end of the movies I have seen, that one seems so much better than what he's done in a lot of his other films. And I am kind of disappointed because people see him as being a director for thrillers with a twist. And so often, unfortunately with him, his twists kind of fall short. And overall, I think the movies as being like just interesting films, most of them are pretty good, but it always feels like it's building up to something like a twist of some sort. And some of them are more effective than others. So I haven't seen The Sixth Sense, I haven't seen Unbreakable, I haven't seen The Village, and I haven't seen The Happening. All of them are movies I hope to get to get to watching sometime in the near future, but I will be discussing the ones I have seen. So today, I actually watched Signs the whole way through for the first time, and I think based on what I've heard other people talking about Signs, it's probably one of his higher rated most liked films that he's done and I can kind of get why um the whole alien aspect is really interesting it kind of leaves you wondering whether or not it's actually alien something that he kind of does in a couple of his different films kind of leaves you wondering is there something happening or is it the character's imagination that something is actually going on so science does that a lot like knock at the cabin and it feels like it's building up to some sort of twist. And really, in the end, um, the twist, there isn't so much of a twist as it is. Everything kind of comes full circle where, you know, you think it might be aliens the whole time. It turns out to actually be aliens. And all of the information the Mel Gibson's character has been getting throughout the movie comes into use at the last moment to save his son. Really, his films are hit or miss, and I think this one's a hit. Now, on the other hand, the next one, if I'm, go I'm going in order of the films as they were released that I've seen. So the next one, The Last Airbender, I have also seen, and visually, it was 
pretty interesting to watch. I like the effects. Um, now, granted, I didn't grow up with the cartoon that this is the live action is based on, but it was appealing enough to entertain me. But all in all, it wasn't a super interesting film. But the visit, the visit is one that was clearly kind of a lower budget. M. Night Shyamalan has a wide range of how much of a budget he has for his films. So like something like The Sixth Sense cost 40 million, but The Visit only cost 5 million. And looking at like Signs, which is 72 million compared to The Visit, now clearly there's a difference in quality. But in some ways, I feel like this story was written better and the twists were better in the visit, which makes it the sign signs is still, I think a better film, but the visit I really like because again, the cast is good, but the twist in the end actually is kind of surprising. If you aren't aware of it from the start, I mean, if it's been spoiled for you, obviously it's going to dull down the impact of it, but spoiler alert for the visit when you find out that the the kids are going to stay with their grandparents and the people they're staying with are not actually their grandparents. They're people that were in a clinical institution for mental health that escaped and murdered their grandparents. That's quite a twist. And it definitely, definitely explains all the weird um, behavior that the kids are witnessing throughout the film. And it helps you to understand <laughs> Is this film, you kind of are just wondering, maybe the grandparents are just weird. Maybe that's why um, things are off. But then the moment where you see um, Catherine Hahn video chatting with her kids and then realizing, wait, those are not my parents. That's a big moment. And the young actors do very well. Now, granted, it's kind of found footagey at some parts, even though it's like just film, like the kids are filming a documentary but and i i have to say that found footage is like my least favorite thriller horror type of genre film of film i just they always either bore me or i just don't see them as being as effective because oftentimes they depend on jump scares and not showing things, you just half witnessing things or hearing things as a way to make something more effective. And it just doesn't work for me. But all in all, I think that I, I fully enjoyed the visit, although um, it could have definitely been a higher quality. But at the same time, I think the lower quality really works for that film specifically. Then next up, we have Split, which I will do back to back with Glass. So Glass, I actually saw first out of the trilogy. So like I said, I haven't seen Unbreakable. I saw Glass first. And for that reason, I think that's why I enjoyed Glass so much. Because to me, now if you've seen Split and Unbreakable, you have an understanding that, you know, these characters kind of have superhuman abilities. So when Sarah Paulson's character is kind of gaslighting them into kind of stating that, they're mentally unwell and they have false ideas that they're heroes or super villains or something. I kind of could buy into that because I was not aware of what had been explained, what we had witnessed in the other two films. 
So for that reason, I really enjoyed Glass. The trio making up the main characters aside from Sarah Paulson. From Split, we have James McAvoy, Bruce Willis from Unbreakable, and obviously Glass played by um, Samuel Jackson. And then Anya Taylor-Joy is in this too. And I mean, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, Anya Taylor-Joy. I will see anything she's in. I just really like her a lot as an actor. So Glass did really work for me well. And I can see why some people might not have liked it so much if they had seen the other films first, because then there wasn't so much of a mystery, so much of a twist at the end. It was a twist for me because it was the first one I've seen. I didn't realize these characters had like abilities and they didn't have the whole backstory. So for me, it was just kind of a one-off with a twist at the end, whereas there would be no twist in this case, which is something that M. Night Shyamalan does a lot where it's like it feels like there's going to be some sort of twist at the end and then everything is basically straightforward. But for me, it works. I think if they had released a one-off, maybe not as part of the trilogy, but about superheroes that maybe aren't actually heroes that we don't find out till the end, I think it works very well. But the order that he released these films, I think, really killed the effect for a lot of the people. Um, I did see Split after seeing Glass, and I think that one is definitely a better film than Glass. I think James McAvoy um, does really well portraying his character and well, the multiple personalities of this character. And Anya Teller-Joy just does a really good job of playing a smart captive that is trying to outsmart him and trying to escape. And I just, I really enjoyed Split too for that reason. But next we have Old. And Old conceptually, I think was really good. Um, the idea of being in a place where it's unexplained why people rapidly age and what could happen, I think is a really interesting concept. But I don't know if the execution was done very well. If there was more people or just like, some explanation as to why things are happening sooner rather than it being like a scientific experiment. Um, I think that was the big twist at the end being that it is an experiment and that's why um, these people are trapped here and why they're aging, I think was a letdown. I mean, it is a twist that I didn't see coming, but I think twists in a film are really good when you have breadcrumbs of what they might be. And sometimes there can be multiple different breadcrumbs leading you in different directions, red herrings, if you will, um, that could lead you to multiple conclusions of what the ultimate outcome will be. And then at least when the twist does happen, you're kind of like, okay, so I can see how this movie was leading up there. And sometimes it's really impressive because it's like, okay, I can see how everything fits together at this point. But with old, it's like there wasn't much of an indication. There wasn't much of a lead up to the twist. So it's kind of like, okay, that's it. I wanted something more interesting, more connected to the story that would make more sense. And I think that's where old really fell flat for a lot of people. Finally, most recently, Knock at the Cabin just came out a couple weeks ago. I saw it opening weekend. It's a really really good concept again for four horsemen of the apocalypse that leads you to question kind of like the family in the story whether or not these four horsemen are telling the truth that to prevent the apocalypse this family of three needs to sacrifice one of them willfully 
And, you know, you kind of have two alternatives that you're wondering which one will happen. Will, in the end, will the apocalypse a- actually be happening? That they actually do end up needing to kill someone in order to prevent? Or are these people actually crazy? Is there some sort of other explanation? And both of those are really pointed to a lot in the film. And unfortunately, in the end, basically, as this film goes on, the four horsemen have to kill themselves. And then the family of three is left to decide which one to sacrifice because they believe the story. And we see one of the one of the dads kills himself. And then um, in the end, it's their daughter and the other dad. And they go off and they see the apocalypse has stopped. Apparently, I've heard that this is supposed to be kind of a vague ending where you aren't sure. But I think the movie really makes it clear that the apocalypse has stopped and it's pretty obvious. So when I was sitting in my theater seat watching the end of this movie, I was like, okay, something's got to happen. Something interesting. Because so far, this film has been super predictable. There's been no twist. It's been very dramatic, but it's been building to something and nothing's happened aside from them deciding which one to sacrifice. And that's it. That's the movie. And it was so disappointing, such a letdown in the end. And what made me more mad is I found out how the book ended, which this movie is based on. And the book ending is so much better. So why did they change the movie ending? In the book ending, for those of you who haven't read the book, spoiler alert if you don't want to know how it ends. Basically what happens is, so the two dads, their daughter, and a couple of the horsemen are left. And what happens is when they're fighting over the gun, the dads are fighting with the two remaining horsemen. Um, their daughter accidentally gets shot and she dies. So very dark ending. And anytime a kid dies in a movie, it's like very intense, very serious. We see that in Pet Cemetery. We see that in a few different films. Most films don't go quite that far. But this book originally did. And basically what happens is because of that instance, and because it was accidental, it wasn't purposeful, it doesn't count as the sacrifice needed to stop the apocalypse. So, already, huge twist. I love that that would happen, potentially. It's very, it adds really high stakes. It makes it much more serious, much more of a, a gut punch for the audience from for the reader. And they decided to cut that out. And then, because of that, when the horseman gives up on their mission, is like, it's been too much to see the little girl die, it's way too far, um, and she gives up, which again, another twist. The horsemen in the film just keep pushing and pushing, are confident in their mission, they just want to do it, they don't really doubt it much, and the book makes way more sense to have one of them throw in the towel because of how serious of an accident this is to have Wei die. And then after that, it's much more of a vague ending because one of the dads, I believe in the in the book, from what I understand, the dads decide not to kill each other and just to accept whatever fate may be just because they've already lost their daughter. If the world is going to force something as awful as that on them, then they might as well um, just embrace whatever happens. And the ending is vague because you never it's never explained how whether or not there is actually an apocalypse happening. In a way, that is just a significantly better ending to start. I think 
if really if the movie had gone one of the two directions that it was leading to either being the apocalypse is real and they have to sacrifice and they do or the apocalypse be i think the most effective result would have been for them to sacrifice one of them and to find out that this was all a hoax the whole time i think that would have been way more effective than what they went with but i do think even beyond that the ultimately best option would have been for way to actually accidentally die for one of the horsemen to give up on the mission and then for um maybe them to do what the ending of the movie did to sacrifice one of them and then for them to find out it's a hoax so basically single survivor one of the dads is, has lost his family only to find out that these people there was something going on and it was a hoax the whole time i think that would have been the best most ideal ending most impactful it would have been very sad but I think it would have been way better than what we got in the movie. So looking at M. Night Shyamalan, um, I think as a director, what he does really well is make an interesting story happen, really draws the audience attention. But what he does with it once he gets it is not always satisfactory. If I were to rank the seven movies I have seen, I would say the worst is probably The Last Airbender, and I think a lot of people would probably agree with that. Followed by, hmm, I would say Old would be next. Then Knock at the Cabin, just because the ending was so disappointed for just disappointing for me, I was just left the theater, the theater so mad after that one. Then I would go with Glass, I think, just because the twist worked really well for me, but only because... I hadn't seen the original two films. Then I would go with Signs just because there wasn't really a twist at the end, but the ending for me was effective. Then I would go with Split because mainly because of James McAvoy and Anya Teller Joy really pulling every punch with their performances and making the story. And the story was interesting in the end. So. For that, I give it a lot of credit. And then I think my favorite would have to be The Visit, just because the twist is really good. It's low quality, but it feels more real that way. And there's a lot of things that are just weird and don't make a lot of sense. And then when you have the ending twist, it makes total sense and it's really good. So definitely The Visit probably does pulls off the twist the best. I do like to see M, M. Night Shyamalan's works. So whenever I see him tied to something, I... I'm immediately interested. I just wish that he would be more consistent with making things successful. And obviously there's a lot of directors in the thriller horror genre that have really good films and flops. And that just kind of happens with a lot of horror films. There's a lot of twists, a lot of scary things that often don't get pulled off successfully. Jordan Peele, I think is probably the most successful, but also he's done the fewest films so far. And even that, I think um, some people have been a little disappointed by some of his films. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty personally happy with Get Out, Us, Nope, and I look forward to seeing what he does next. But we'll see if he has any kind of flops like M Night has done. But I really hope M Night can really pick things up, take the feedback he's getting from Knock at the Cabin, and maybe make something better next. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nate's Night at the Movie Podcast, and I'll catch you next time. <music>